Hello, I'm Margaret, a member of the lay team here at Trinity. Do keep that passage in front of you as we focus on Jesus' words, hallowed be your name. We live in a world that's obsessed by selfies, don't we? Facebook pages abound with the minutest details of people's lives. We live in a self-centred world that rotates around me. Perhaps one of the good things that's come out of the current pandemic is a swinging of the pendulum. We're witnessing numerous acts of kindness. Frontline staff who are prepared to put their lives on the line for the sake of others. Jesus teaches us to pray, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Those three lines swing the focus of prayer from being self-centred to God-centred. But I wonder if we just string the second line of the prayer straight on to the end of the first one. So it ends up as our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. But when we do that, we reduce those words of Jesus to just polite form of address, a bit like calling the Queen your Majesty. But they're not just a term of respect. They are a petition, a prayer, a prayer for God to make something happen. They link very clearly with the next two lines of the Lord's Prayer. Have a look down at Matthew chapter 6 verse 9. Do you notice the repetition of the word your? Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Those three lines belong together. They focus on God and God's purposes and not on us. Praying hallowed be your name helps us to be God-centred. As you pray those words, ask God to increase your knowledge of him and your desire for him. Pray that he might be first in your heart. God is holy. Yes, we come to God as our Father, but we also come with awe and reverence. Jesus teaches us to pray, hallowed be your name. It's not a word we use very often, is it? Maybe we associate it with sporting venues like the old Wembley Stadium. I still remember taking my eldest son to Old Trafford. He walked through the player's tunnel and stood gazing at the hallowed turf with awe and wonder. At the start of the Lord's Prayer, we pause. We gaze at God with awe and wonder. Because God is holy. Think of Isaiah's vision of God. He sees God Almighty sitting on his throne and he hears the praises of heaven. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Or turn to John's vision in Revelation chapter 4. Heaven and earth resound with awestruck words of praise. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. But maybe you're thinking, hang on Margaret, if God is holy, 
Why doesn't Jesus teach us to pray, hallowed is your name? Why does he say, pray, hallowed be your name? How can God possibly be any more holy than he already is? When we pray those words, what we're really saying is, may your name be treated with the honour and the reverence that are due to you alone. Maybe you're also wondering why we pray for God's name to be hallowed and not for God himself to be hallowed. Names in the Bible have a much deeper significance. They're not given randomly like some of ours are. Apparently Woody Allen's third child bears the name Satchel and Michael Jackson's third child is called Blanket. In the Bible, names signify character. God's name reveals who he is. And so, as we meditate on those words, hallowed be your name, let's just spend a moment recalling the names of God that we find in the Bible. Let's centre our thoughts on him. In Genesis, God is revealed as Elohim or sovereign creator. In Exodus, God reveals more of his character. Moses asks him his name and he says, I am who I am. Or in other words, I will be who I will be. My actions will reveal who I am. And in Exodus, we see God as the one who rescues his people from slavery. He's the faithful redeemer. The one who declares at Mount Sinai that he is the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. But it's Jesus who reveals God to us in all his fullness. His name means God saves. At the cross of Calvary, we see God, our Saviour, giving his life out of love for you and me. Take a moment to pause. Centre your thoughts on God. And as you do so, call to mind God, your Creator, God, your Redeemer, Jesus, your Saviour. Bow your knee in humble worship and adoration. Praying hallowed be your name increases our God-centeredness, but at the same time it decreases our self-centeredness. We become enthralled by the love of God revealed to us in Jesus and our worship overflows into praise or prayer for the honour of God's name. Until the 16th century, thinkers mistakenly believed that the earth was the centre of the universe, that all the planets of this vast universe rotated around tiny planet Earth. We may smile at that idea, but how often do our prayers revolve around us? When we come to Almighty God, the first thing to spill out of our mouths are our own wants, needs and desires. And of course, there is nothing wrong with praying for our own needs. Jesus teaches us to pray for our daily bread. 
but we pray for the things that God wants first. Thomas Aquinas tells us that the Lord's Prayer is the most perfect prayer because in it we ask not only for the things that we can rightly desire, but also in the sequence that they should be desired. Why do we do that? Augustine, writing in the first century, helps us here. He says that to do so trains our desires and brings them into harmony with the purposes of God. It aligns our hearts with his, our desires with his desires. We begin to pray for our ultimate purpose as disciples of Jesus. We pray for the honour of God's name for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done. It's God's work, but he graciously calls us to participate in it. And we begin to live for God and not for self. Matthew introduces the Lord's Prayer in chapter 6, verse 9, with these words of Jesus. This then is how you should pray. Yes, we can repeat them as they stand as a prayer, but they're also a framework on which we can hang our own prayers. So how practically do we pray, hallowed be your name? John Calvin tells us that at the centre of this prayer is a desire that men never think or speak of God without the greatest reverence. At its widest level, it's prayer for the whole world that men and women everywhere might turn to the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. It's prayer that our world leaders and politicians might be those who honour God and seek the good of all. It's a prayer for the worldwide church. How often do we see news reports of church leaders who bring God's name into disrepute because they fail to live by Christ's standards? And we dishonour God when we preach our own message and not biblical truth. It's a prayer for Holy Trinity Church or for whichever church you belong to that we might preach Christ and his gospel, that we might show the love of God. It's a prayer that we might show what it means to be the body of Christ, united in him, totally committed to encouraging and strengthening one another. But ultimately, it's a prayer for ourselves. We bear God's name. His honour is intimately tied up with the way we think and speak and behave. The words we speak matter. Hallowing God's name in speech means a lot more than simply making sure we don't use God's name as a casual swear word. We can use our words to build up or to tear down. We can use them to speak of Jesus or we can remain silent. We can use words to praise God for all his blessings or we can revel in our own feeble achievements. 
and the way we behave reflects God our Father. The Puritan writer Thomas Watson puts it in these words, when our lives shine, his name shines in us. I still remember being summoned by a nursery teacher at the end of a school day. Does your son have a reputation for hurting other children? She asked. I felt embarrassed. This was my child. It reflected on me. The way we behave reflects on our Heavenly Father. I wonder too if you notice the context of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew's Gospel. Immediately before teaching this prayer, Jesus warns us against drawing attention to ourselves. I wonder if deep down in each one of us there's a niggling desire for praise and admiration. Even in church it's possible to serve with the wrong motives, to pray elaborate prayers simply to impress others. Hallowed be your name, calls us to be God-centred and not self-centred. When we pray those words, we look to God, our Creator, Redeemer and Saviour. We gaze in wonder at His majesty. We seek His honour and not our own. We join with the praises of heaven as we say with our lips and with our lives. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honour and glory and power for ever and ever. Amen.